Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. talk american football or international football first yeah football and football we've sort of turned into a you know at least with the times a football and football podcast um let's start with american football because great success man we did it yeah we called them all it's been a long time since we've had a a call them all style week yeah and i don't feel good about this week this it, it just it those winners we're just screaming at us. And this week, I, I don't know. Oh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the it's interesting because none of the games were ever that strongly in doubt. You know, like I we didn't we certainly didn't have to sweat anything out. I feel like we're going to be sweating it out one way or another this weekend. Yeah, they're going to be closer. They were what's funny. They're competitive games, but you're right. It wasn't by the end of the third quarter in each game it, it was pretty clear so all right gut reaction and then we'll talk it out packers bucks packers versus bucks first bills versus chiefs second i can i can see both scenarios rogers finally getting back to the super bowl beating mr tom brady i mean how then you know that they're gonna win right if green bay if green bay wins this game they're winning the whole thing there's there's no question in my mind but can they beat Brady and the Bucks? That team looked beatable. Oh, yeah. The teams looked beatable all year. They've been beatable, demonstrably. All the teams are, are honest. So uh, let's uh, Green Bay. Honestly, I think the I think the Packers are... I If I had to pick now, I would say the Packers are the strongest of the last four teams. I think so, too. But it's Tom that, Brady. I'm not saying that I don't reserve the right to pick... It, even if the Packers win this weekend, I'm not saying that I don't reserve the right to pick against them in the Super Bowl. Let's just I agreed. Make that agreed. clear. Yeah, you you never know what's going to happen. I mean, isn't I'm, Mahomes is hurt? So actually, well, I assume the Bills are going to win. I was going to say we should we should probably pick the Bills. I think. I yeah, I think it's going to wow. be the Packers and Bills are going to win. Packers, Packers and Bills. That is really like a first ten Super Bowl, isn't it? <laughs> it, it yeah. Okay. All right. On to football. From football to football, we went. Three and two this past week. I should actually congratulate Burnley for losing two games that we picked against them for. Nice job, Burnley. And I unfortunately must congratulate Sheffield on getting a win. You kind of, you kind of feel good for him. It hurts they... us, but thanks, guys. You know, good job. Way to go, man. We don't have that many to pick this weekend, so I'm, I'm thinking three. Pick three, six options. We got six options for the week, as far as I can tell. I think I think we got to pick against Fulham, obviously. Man, you Fulham. I think I do think we should make a pick in Leicester, Chelsea. We should commit. I'm Leicester. Okay, Leicester's a good one. Let's do it. Leicester, Man U, and West Ham. Well, always West Ham. Well, let's talk about something else exciting. Uh, pitcher forecasts. Draft, draft. Very rough draft. Are live. Very rough draft. Major caveat in this. 
because there's a key there's a key problem which is you need me to get you um well i don't KBF. i don't know that i need that but it'd probably be helpful so i i did this blindly i did the same dumb thing that i did with the hitters which was i was like well i'll just put everybody in for 200 innings and if you do that <laughs> it's like oh uh, the, the relief pitchers just go wild but it's the wrong it's the wrong relief pitchers like it's not even good relief pitchers it's like really no. bad relief pitchers and you're like what just happened like what did i just do yep. there are many things that are still screwy in this list for okay. the record sure but for the most part actually some of these things aren't bad the other big caveat i should i should say right off the bat is that the win model is live the save model is not so ah okay i have i have placeholder saves in they don't mean a lot the wins model is real, assuming the 2019. 2019 is pitch prorated to be a 162. Oh, we, oh 2019. 2019. You, okay, so there was, there was a reason. Wow. I just went, yeah, I was like, I'm going to make as, as few assumptions as possible. I'm going to make the assumption that their 2019 pitching is approximately what we got now. So obviously we can, you know, you can write down a lot of the, a lot of the people that this will break down for. Yeah, Clayton and Justin, I just don't, that innings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know this. This puts this obviously, well, not obviously, but this puts Justin Verlander as the number one pitcher because great 2019, not that bad of num, not that bad of numbers 2020. Because mm-hmm. this does have a heavy 2020 weighting in it. So the so I should, it's not that I ignored 2020. There, all of the stats that were accumulated in 2020 went into this at 50 percent of the contribution. So this is still weighted towards 2020. It's just the the denominator is twenty. So if you wanted to do so, if you wanted to do something like, if you thought that Justin Verlanders were a factor of, I don't know, or they were twenty percent too high, you can just back it off linearly. Right, Lance McCullers, really? You like McCullers or don't like McCullers? I do not. That was based on the playoffs. I didn't did not really okay, enjoy but, but watching let's, him. Let's look at this. McCullers is down at at twenty nine here. Most of his value is being driven by strikeouts here, because he's gonna. We have, we're projecting him currently for a three point nine four ERA and a one point two WHIP. Sounds about right. Those are probably pretty reasonable Lance McCullers numbers. <laughs> yeah, um, the innings pitched. Who knows how many he'll get? That that one's that's gonna be an interesting story, right? Well, that's the thing that's helping him so much right now is that the innings pitched is mm-hmm. what's driving his strikeouts. Right? Isn't that incredible? Well, it's a, it's a good rate, good solid rate that we've got. Yeah, we're doing him a favor More here. Than a, would you rather him than Charlie Morton? Uh, no. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> so, for, for reference, we I we currently have Charlie Morton at 30 with Lance McCullers at 29, so they're they're right next to each other. But Morton, obvi- Morton got better in 2020. McCullers yeah. got worse. So, if yeah. we if we're pinning both of them to something in 2019, that's a bad idea. <laughs> it's fun. this the the model I think works a little bit better for hitters overall um, than than the pitchers. However, what this does do well is helps those older, more established pitchers. Um, our our model is really good at getting those guys remembered in in the system. Whereas I think a lot of other um, forecasting systems really just want to take older pitchers out to the woodshed and leave them there i i tend to agree with that i i do agree with that i think we 
I think in general, we tend to be a little bit, I mean, we tend to be a little bit more bullish on pitchers and then than other projection systems. And that's because we've actually built our projection system to be on both sides, to be a little bit more bullish because we want to try and recover those top numbers that are going to be achieved by yeah. somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like I am of the opinion that the, the distribution of predicted number of strikeouts should match between your predictions and what's actually measured. Yeah, it should. And, and we've usually, we've seen that they skew lower. Right in in most other in most projection systems so some of our things look high i mean i would actually be surprised do you think that well <laughs> there's oh there's so much stuff that's screwy here justin verlander will not have 314 strikeouts i do not believe that but i mean Jared, garrett cole very well could um jose castillo what is the story on jose castillo this year i don't know you have to take every single one of these with a giant grain of salt because like well we're gonna have to go look and see <laughs> what the heck was going on yeah i like those maybe this will be easier uh one of these rumor articles uh was saying twins no way let's do it him and jose barrios and jose castillo the jose's i just want to see i well i just want to see anybody on the twins i don't really care i'm not picky let's get let's just get somebody who's good on the twins speaking um, of speaking of decent on the twins though jose barrios comes out okay on this I think he'll have a decent season this year. Looks like Lance. Yeah, <laughs> Looks like Lance with colors <laughs> in our predictions. <sighs> yeah, another Lance. Lynn, number 22. Well, we've always been way hot on Lance Lynn. <laughs> we have. I Yeah, that'll be on my tombstone. I can, I can, way too hot on Lance Lynn. I can't make the... I cannot make the projections not like Lance Lynn. Yeah, well, I, it's, it's going to be an innings pitch thing. Yeah. I don't know what the... yeah. It's funny, you he know. Had a great year. The thing that I love about about having a numerical projection system is that, like, I there's so many things that I cannot fudge. <laughs> uh, right, I know it's it is very helpful. Having that's the whole reason that you build a model is so that you're not making assumptions. You've you've already made all the assumptions. You're letting the data do the talking. I think that was something that Nate Silver said about the the forecast election model. You know, you can just take it, you can just pick or choose polls and then m make wild assertions, or you can build out a model and say, if the numbers go this way, then this is what we think that is going to happen. And that's, that's exactly what we're doing on this, um, hitting and pitching predictions. Exactly. Uh, I was actually heartened to see that the wins model that we installed late last year, is pretty good, pretty robust. <laughs> These are kind of... These are kind of the num these are the numbers that I'm looking for. Except for I forgot to floor out a couple of, of things. <laughs> so so Do we have any the, negatives? A couple of the very bad pitchers, the low side has has negative wins, yes. <laughs> and then you get an, <laughs> my favorite one actually is the edge case of Jacob Webb, who is going to have anywhere from negative three to hundred and five <laughs> wins. <laughs> what? It's a well the fit is a polynomial. And when it breaks, it breaks. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's, Wait, he's the it, only one I that's thought the it most looks egregious. like you do. Who's who's negative? If you search on if you search low wins, the L wins. Oh, L W. Right. Okay. Because yes, 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 I see there. So I should I should back back up and say that we. I don't think I mentioned this last week or two weeks ago actually when we premiered the hitter ones that 
we're no longer this was a, a novelty from last year that we didn't really explore in that much depth because the shit hit the fan right after we made these basically right was that we are not assuming asymmetric or we're not assuming symmetric error bars anymore. Right. We allow for asymmetric error bars with the expectation that um, we're, we're still reporting the median of the distribution, but we actually have an underlying distribution that tries to predict whether they're going to be what sort of the upside and downside scenarios. And so I think, I mean, sorting on those actually can be kind of fun sometimes to see like, what do we, what do we expect like what's what's the worst ERA that we expect for some of the top pitchers or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it might be somewhere that I'm a little bit like Verlander's. Oh, that's low is is counterintuitive. Um, high. Oof, there's some bad ERA. Jeff Locke is still in the league. Yeah, but, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, he he wasn't 2019. We have some negative ERAs. I know. I know. Nice. <laughs> I, there's only a couple i haven't floored anything yet oh it was right before i before i pinned this to 2019 vidal nuno was the best pitcher <laughs> i was oh, like no. I got something like that came Sorry. that, that this, came this up in like happen. my my you know my very first spot check is like who's the best pitcher and it's got to be like <laughs> cole Degrom, Verlander. If it's not one of those, I know the model's immediately broken. And it came up with yeah. Vidal Nuno, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, not, not, yeah. Eric's not gonna like this. Something is, something is very wrong right now. Zach Britton, it it says, could get a zero point one five ERA. Yeah, but but he's also could be up to a five point one six. Yes. So we we just have no confidence in Zach Britton. We just have no idea. Like, I mean, one of the things that I like about the fact that we blew up the error bars is that we have a sense we now have a sense of like hey we have no idea what to make of this guy Mm -hmm. like here's a guess but you know (laughs) do with it what you will so what do you think the next step is do you want to do some do you want me to put together a list of names and we do some spot checking i need to get the innings pitched forecast now that steamer and um some other platforms are out yeah i i think i think our first step here is to to get an estimate for innings pitched for this year because the the pitchers even more than the hitters are so beholden to how many innings you think are going to pitch it's it's basically i mean this is something that we should acknowledge as we're working on these projections is like the pitcher projections are really only as good as the number of innings pitched that we're that we're forecasting yeah, and that's why we have this vision, this dream that people can put in and manually tinker so that they can create their own a, a number of innings pitched assumptions. So if they see um, Corbin Burns and they say, hey, I want their, I, I assume that he's going to get 200 innings this year, then we can say, go ahead, be my guest. <laughs> and it'll on the fly adjust. I have insider information on Corbin Burns. Yeah, it just yeah, I know his florist, and she, she just said he's <laughs> he's convinced he's going to get two hundred innings. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you know, maybe you maybe you want to be able to do something with that information. So, right. uh, yeah, okay. So I'll I'll work on the um, innings pitched and um, plate appearances. Sounds good. I think that about brings us to the review session. Matt Barnes. I'm sorry, but we we have to talk about. Matt Barnes, because 
he's going to be a closer on a team that I would say is a pretty good shot at saves this year. It looks likely the closer. I would say they they look very likely in the you know the the punnet crossing squares here of like is he going to be the closer and is this team going to get a lot of saves? I think we're leaning towards the like yes closer and lots of saves opportunities. Do you think there'll be a lot of save opportunities in Boston? I don't think there's going to be blowouts. That, right, 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 right. Yep, it's going to be a middling team, so there will be a lot of close games. You want you want middling team for your save opportunities. I mean, they they proved it. They proved it this past year, right? Where where Matt Barnes gets top ten in saves. So his twenty twenty stats. He's a full time pitcher. He he's a full time reliever for them. Racks up 100, 102 batters faced, which is basically on pace for he he basically put in on pace for a whole season. Twenty three innings pitched. Um, he gets 31 strikeouts in that, better than I would have expected off the top of the off the top of my head. Uh, whip a 1.39, ERA of 4.30. That's what I, more what I was expecting from Matt Barnes, and nine saves. That's a lot of value this year, actually. Yeah, if you extrapolate that out. So that's ridiculous. He's kind of regularly bad on ERA and WHIP. Like this is not the guy that. I would like to be, say that I am running the Red Sox organization. I do not want this guy to be my closer. The guy with a 4-3 whip? What? <laughs> I mean, 4-3 ERA and a 1.39. Right, exactly. If that was a if that was your fifth starter, you'd be like, okay, I guess that's fine. His best season whip is 1.22. That's atrocious for a closer. <laughs> Like you don't want that to you don't want that to be a bad season for your closer, <laughs> much less like the, the best, best one of his career. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, and he, he's been around. It, it's he's got seven seasons for the Red Sox, so he's a known entity. I mean, like, yeah, what is twenty eighteen was his best year? So what do you see? I mean, uh, what what are we seeing as as his saving grace here? Like, he 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 does get K's. He does well on K's, and he. Th- he has good fastball velocity. He whiffs some guys, but he, he's bad on the walks. He walks a ton of guys. His exit velocity is bad. He gives up a lot of hard hits. <laughs> his, and he gives up a lot of barrels. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I mean, this, this just has to be a scenario where it's like the Red Sox don't have anybody else, right? Yeah, and that, that's it. But that immediately concerns me because then he's a guy that gets replaced very quickly. You very well could be. Yeah, you might be picking up who you think is going to be the closer, and you know some guy is going to come up underneath them. Yeah, that fastball velocity is the only thing that's elite, and that leads to a high K percent. But it also leads to, uh, as as you noted, a lot of other stats that are not good. There's nothing interest. His curve spin is low. His barrel percent is low. I mean. He, the the thing is, is he's. I think that he he'd be a decent. He's a decent setup man, or like, um, even a long reliever, or someone who is kind of the fireman role. He's not a great closer. Yeah, I mean, let me let me give you a positive. I guess he appears to be durable as a as a reliever. Yes. Yeah. Though I mean, that is good. Um, he's he's going to be trotted out there, <laughs> but. I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of what I got for him. <laughs> I don't I don't expect him to I don't expect him to turn it around. 
I do expect him. I I guess I don't expect the Red Sox to invest in somebody else. So I anticipate that he'll maintain some of the role. But we were talking about this before we recorded, and you watch him, and it's just like, okay, yeah, no, it's a it's a he's in the Chris Sale style, but not Chris Sale. Yeah, more control, which is nice, but then it's he just kind of falls flat. <laughs> I don't know. We both we both clicked on the Savant random video and immediately saw a wild pitch. So. Well, you know. oh, that's is not a good sign. <laughs> is he? We and individually, we saw wild pitches. So, yeah. like, is that is that how much control does he have? Not enough. Um, well, I meant his his. Uh, I was specifically saying his um, wind up and pitch is under oh. control, oh. whereas Chris Sale <laughs> is a whole lot of limbs going in directions, and you're worried about him, and then he breaks. Sure, I right. I I think Matt Barnes is boring. <laughs> boring to watch so he's someone that but you know as you said i mean if he gets if if he's on a 25 save pace well i mean that that's my big fear with this is that like somebody's gonna have to draft him on opening day or somebody's gonna have to draft him right in fantasy someone's gonna have to draft him someone will own him And, and where do you draft him because not only is he not good he could lose the job yeah but I mean, at the same time, Brazier is not going to take that job from him. I don't well, know. I know that I know their depth. Their depth chart is like <laughs> laughable. Unless the Red Sox sign someone who's out there, but it doesn't seem like they want to spend money. So, right. yeah, I'm. I'm. He's going to be a later round guy that you're going to don't depend on him being there when you want him there. Because I bet you a lot of people are going to have to reach to grab him because they don't have a closer or a second closer. Right. And, and that's part of what I was, what I was saying is that I think, I think we can be helpful in help in thinking through this, because if you look at the projection systems, he's projected for a good number of saves. So if you don't, if you're not, if you're not going in with some sort of plan, somebody's going to pick Matt Barnes, (laughs) who's just like looking at the projections and it's like, Oh, Matt Barnes could get 25 saves. Like I got to get that guy. Yeah. And we're suggesting not to be that guy or gal. I am very much suggesting to not be that person who picks Matt Barnes. <laughs> if you're if you're really worried about saves, like pick somebody earlier than Matt Barnes. Like pay up to get somebody better than Matt Barnes. Are you are you done on Matt Barnes? Did you need to say anything else on Matt Barnes? I don't need to say any. No, I don't need to say anything else about Matt Barnes. We already <laughs> talked about him far longer than we should have. Well, that's that's kind of the the trend in these review sessions. Um, half of them. Half of them we talk about way too long. Half of them we don't talk about anywhere near long. I mean, we could do Josh Hader again next week, and I don't think that would be we'd have exactly. talked about it. I mean, we, we could just talk about the, the top three closers on a three-week rotation, and we'd have something different to say about them. All right. Who are we going to talk about next week? I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but James Karinchak. James Karinchak. Okay. <laughs> Let's learn about this James guy. James Karinchak. Who are you? Who are you indeed? Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.